Have you ever tried to throw a ball left-handed? It's... <laughs> if a girl really liked you and you weren't that into it, just go, can we go to the Nets? I need to do something. <laughs> 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 Don't Google how to dispose of a body. First thing they check every time. You're going to jail. You're going to jail. I didn't grow horns. But you might f drop dead on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that might actually get some views. <laughs> Guys, weekend at Bernie's, this dude for six months will be fucking <laughs> $10 million. Everyone will forget about it. Club are good. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you? Ladies and gentlemen, episode 44. 84, bro. 84. <laughs> Poor Scott just went downstairs to a uh, unnamed cafe, but it rhymes with. <laughs> and uh, they ignored him while having a private conversation that included expletives in front of me for Shock. a good. I'm going to say three and a half minutes. That's a reasonable amount of time to be standing cold and alone. I was I was waiting for you outside. I probably would have given it maybe eighty seconds, but you reckon it probably felt like three and a half oh my minutes. God. And I spazzed people. <laughs> he and spazzed then I hard. I swore and I left because that's an adult response. But you know what, man? There is no, there is no excuse to work in hospitality in an empty. It was empty, and there's there three, three people there's, working. There's three of you there, not be acknowledged at the very like least by one of them. Just be like, hey, man, yeah, no worries, two sex. That's. You would have been cool, man. I'll stand here for six minutes now. Dude was literally standing there like, what? Yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what is your fucking job? Oh, my God. I tell you, between that and the loud music, <laughs> we're going to write a letter. Oh, Dear Basil Zemplis. I had coffee there every day. Well, not anymore, I hope. Boycott. Uh, I don't know. I think the... Um the ease of location mm. may be working in their favour. You'll go crawling back. Yeah, the guys that run it, the guys that own it are fine. It's just the freaking morons that were working on a Saturday. But, I mean, at the same time, dude, if you work, it's not a, no one's doing that as a career. It's a Saturday. They're probably hungover. And they're just like, I don't really care. I don't really care if you're upset. Mm. Little as they know I have a podcast. <laughs> I love your cunty energy right now. It's, uh, it's very attuned to Potentially mine. the worst mood I've been in <laughs> in uh, 84 Episodes. Episodes. <laughs> 84 weeks. <laughs> we'll see if we can hopefully rectify that. Oh, I've had a terrible week. Fucking sick with the man flu, the dreaded man flu. Struck me down in my youthful age. And God, it's tough. I get sick once a year, I reckon, and fucking hell, I feel like the world's going to end. Yeah, it's not fun. Do you just groan? Just lie on the couch being like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of that. And I was found myself walk, walking around work, just being like, ugh, fuck. I oh, see so you just spreading the germs. Yeah, Hell yeah. Like Especially to those um, immune compromised, which comprises the majority of my office. Old, overweight, um, probably halfway sick gentlemen themselves. So The ones that, the ones that managed to dodge the COVID death? Yeah, yes. Stay indoors, Josh. They won't dodge me. Roll up. <laughs> Roll up for WA. The Reaper... Has told or something. What's the fucking word? I don't know. There's a saying about the Reaper and escaping is not an option. Yeah. But my fucking dear fairy child, Agatha, has had 
her desexing last Friday. And um, it's a very stressful time when you I didn't realise they desexed female cats. I thought they were just, surely you just do one. <laughs> <laughs> just do one. Actually, they do get... So I, I looked after a cat of uh, like my friend's girlfriend's cat. They, I think I went to Japan or something and I cat sat for a while. Um, you remember because you were, you were around and there was the, the little cat. There. I do remember it. Yeah. Hadn't been desexed, was a female, mm. was on heat mm. and just stood in my living room for like three weeks just slutty howling out to other cats <laughs> and just spraying everywhere. Oh, really? And I was like... You should have probably let me know that this is something that can happen. I didn't think that they sprayed. It was just fucking out there trying to make a make its mark. I think maybe it was just like fuck you. Yeah, there's no cats here. They're yeah. gonna have sex with me. That's a bummer. Yeah, but for girls, it's like a it's like a much larger operation than it is for the boy cats. I think zero is good in about three days. Poor Aggie has to keep her cone on for fourteen days. Jesus. Do you realise how hard it is to wrangle cats into not jumping and running and playing and not fucking destroying the cone that's on their head for 14 days? It's a fucking challenge. Well, that's their mission. It's yes. the only thing they have to do. They're like, I must And they've got the all cone. day for it. <laughs> and no hobbies. Make, she managed to escape it at all? No. She after, catch like a leg in there and she's bro, stuck. After the second day, she seems to have become somewhat accustomed to it. But she tries to lick herself and she can't, so she just licks the fucking cone, which is... Quite weird, but um, it's the sleeping that's an issue because they both end up on the end of my bed, tangled up in my fucking legs. But she can't get comfortable with the stupid cone thing. It's a soft cone, but it's still fucking. Yeah, it's a new age cone. Yeah, and um, then when she moves, zero fucks off, and then he comes back. So now, like first night, I slept maybe four hours, and then you couple that with the sickness, and basically the world was going to end. Do you? I thought this because I. I just went by the by the rules, man, and uh, and got Max desexed, you know, a couple of months into having him, which whenever it needed to happen. Yep. And that's mandated. You can't not do it unless mm. you, like, apply for a breeder's license, I think. And I just went along with it, and then it wasn't until, like, a few weeks later where I was like, A, I'm I, – I ripped off – what's the word, like – I um, I kind of shortchanged the world by not allowing there to be more Maxes for starters because he rules and he's a good-looking cat. And I also robbed him of having sex. <laughs> like realistically, it's such a cold thing to do. And I think he still knows about it. I think he's still like – because he'll watch me have sex. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, I'm pretty sure I was meant to be doing something along these lines. Right. With his little barbed penis that gets stuck inside cats. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. I think we sit there and go, oh, yeah, we look after these animals and we give them a good life and all that. It's like they're probably sitting there being like, uh, you stole me. You don't allow me to use my night vision to catch birds. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I've never had sex. What, what about that? Yeah, imagine being a virile young feline, fully intact, stuck in an apartment, floors above the world, not able to see another female cat, not being able to splooge all over the place. you break out, man. I think you'd be exactly, which is putting him in danger. So really, you saved his life. Didn't you ever put yourself in danger in the pursuit of sex? 
most of the time. Man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time. It's their prerogative, man. I've travelled to, to some it. fucking assholes of the world, mate. I tell you that right now. Only I've been to rocking. It's the only reason I know where Padbury was. <laughs> God, that was a long way to travel, but worth it. It was one suburb over for me. Yeah. I remember going to Rockingham once. Yeah, see, that's the opposite. So I was in Frio, I travelled to Padbury. You were in Padbury, you travelled to fucking Rockingham. Yeah, the only time I've ever been there. It's the same thing, And I remember really. parking outside the girl's house and she said, you can't leave your car out there because it will be on bricks. Jesus. And I was like, is it really that bad? And she was like, yeah. That's aggressive. So they, she moved. They, they moved a car that was like a, a rolling shell. <laughs> Out of their garage, I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Oh, man, another week down. I've been um, – I was stressed this week, dude. It wasn't fun. I haven't had stress for a minute. Like I had this I've, – I've said it to you before, but this thing as sometimes being a designer that's worked for the last 20 – 16, 16 years or whatever it is, um, you still hit issues and just go, I am useless at this. And that's what happened for the last 10 days until yeah, two nights ago when I finally sent off these concepts and, I, and the client was like, this is amazing. I was like, thank you. <laughs> I'm <laughs> a god. For, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of other careers to do. Podcasting would not be one. It's not a little lucrative. <laughs> it might be a barista vacancy downstairs. Fucking sounds like it. Seems like a pretty cruisy job. <laughs> but you got the work out, so that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, it is. Tons of work started coming in as well, so it looks like the um, that period is over, which I knew it would be. Mm. But mm. That's life, baby. That's Ebbs it. and flows. And it's the fucking the big footy ball game today. Yeah. There's going to be some freaks on the street tonight, let me tell you. Every year I secretly hope that I'm going to end up getting into footy because mm. I think it would be a good life <laughs> um, being able to go and support something and be like talking to talking to the boys about it and stuff, but it just there's nothing there. Nothing. Yeah, I have zero interest as well. It just means that there's way more parking today. Should be quite easy to get a coffee, in fairness. <laughs> One would think. <laughs> it's not like they were watching the game. <coughs> of course not. Yeah, but unfortunately. Yeah, oh, I couldn't, could I not shake that fun. infuriation. <laughs> 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 think happy thoughts. Indeed. Um, yeah, what has been going on? You've been, you've been catting. I've been catting um, and I've been sick. Um, and I've been working. Realistically, that's about as exciting as it's gone yeah. for me. I really don't have a lot to add um, to anyone's life today. So this might either be short or just an hour of... We'll get there. We'll get it. We'll pain. get it to where it needs to be. Oh, we always do. It's like wakeboarding. Mm. In wakeboarding. And, you know, you're like holding Starts on. And it's rocky. like, yeah. and it's like you're trying to get up. Yeah. And then you start planing and you're like, hey, I know what I'm doing. And then you, you get overconfident. Mm -hmm. And then you try a backflip even though you've not got any concept of how that works. Yeah. And you think it probably looks sick and it just looks ridiculous. And you realize how bad ingesting 13 liters of salt water is. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking about the fact that like... Bull sharks. Sharks are in the river. Jellyfish. Yeah. Ugh. And it's, it's, it all sort of goes downhill from there. I went wakeboarding on a um, massive lake in California once. That would be quite That cool. was pretty sick. On that a proper wakeboarding boat as well. That would be quite Because cool. I did a fair bit of wakeboarding when I was younger on this sketchy ass little fishing boat that my dad had. It was like a 16 foot tinny with a tri-hull. Mm-hmm. So it was like quite stable because he was a um, draftsman. He got like a pole engineered for it and stuff and then – we were like the laughing stock of deep water point like everyone had speed boats and stuff and we had this sketchy tinny sketchy tinny but we were yeah we were banging around on it and got pretty comfortable doing it you know and you wait down the back and stuff so that it created more weight and then uh yeah i went on this i went on this wakeboarding boat in california years later thinking that i could do it it was like 30 times faster than anything I'd ever been on. <laughs> you're going along and it's, it's like when you're snowboarding and you hit ice and you can hear it. It's like, and you're like, if I catch an edge here. I'm dead. This is going to be a <laughs> lot more intense. <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot when I was younger. Matt Hanson, my mate, um, and I used to bail from work early, head down to Deepwater Point. And we, when we first started, I've actually got two stories of near catastrophe at Deepwater Point. We used to just tow his jet ski down there. Um, and I'd always drive the jet ski because I couldn't get up behind it because I was a spastic. And um, so I would just ride, drive the jet ski, Matt would, would uh, wakeboard. And we were doing a turn and for whatever reason, the rope got caught up and got sucked into the impeller of the jet ski. And we were around the corner in Aquinas Bay, like where Aquinas is. You know, if you're going south over the, um, that bridge, and yeah, like yep. deep water points on the right, we were around the side on the left. Mm-hmm. It gets a bit shallow down that way. And you can't, there's no getting back. It's a secluded little beach. And if you're on a jet ski with a tow rope tied around the impeller shaft, you have to get that off. Otherwise, you're not going anywhere. So we Robinson Crusoe'd it. I found an empty VB bottle. And me and Matt, like two fucking prehistoric creatures, are trying to smash this thing against a rock. Do you realise how hard it is to smash a VB bottle against a rock? Fucking incredibly hard. Grenade. They are built tough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're built to get drunk and throw it police on Australia Day. Exactly. We end up throwing it at the perfect (laughs) angle and it shatters into shards and me and him have a shard each underneath this thing taking turns, cutting the rope off the impeller shaft. This is like a prison break or something. Literally. We managed to cut it off and get back and everyone was fine and safe. But the second time he had this little ski boat, it was a gill flight and it was one of those boats that had a removable ski pole and this pole basically slotted into this shaft in the middle and you turned it to kind of lock it in because it has two pins in the bottom of it. Um, As Matt's got the fucking pole, he's got the keys for the boat in his hand and he drops them and they go into the hole. And because the two pins are there, you can't get your fingers in. It was at this point we realised that we didn't have any of the bungs in the boat. They were still in the car. So we're drifting out into the middle of Deepwater Point with the keys in an inaccessible hole <laughs> while the boat is slowly sinking. <laughs> so we have to jerry-rig this contraption. I think we found some wire and a stick and we managed to make a little hook and get these keys out just in time to be able to limp it back to shore so we could then 
get the water out of it. It's like half submerged. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I don't know how we didn't at least sink one vessel at some point. There's never been a more stressful period of time than when you're queuing up to leave Deepwater Point. On and the you know, you've got the, you got the, um, you're trying to reverse the trailer, the trailer reverse oh. down. And then you're trying to come up and everyone's like looking at you. Same thing as always. Like, fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. It's like always fat ass dudes <laughs> in, um, what were those shorts? Stubbies. Yeah, stubbies. Standing there with a the beer. Fucking idiots. <laughs> Didn't your dad tell you how to drive? I've tried to reverse Matt's uh, jet ski trailer like maybe two years ago at Hillary's Boat Harbour when it was rammed. And as soon as I'd take off, the fucking thing would do do this. Like those ones, are the jet ski ones, because it's so short, they're really fucking... Yeah. And I ended up just parking it up and ringing Matt and I was like, swim in and fucking pull this thing out yourself because I can't do it. I'm not a man. <laughs> I fucking tried, man. I tell you, I Dude. tried. You ever jackknife it? Oh, yeah. It was jackknife. It was jackknife and hard. <laughs> it's the dream. It's funny how good you get at that when you do it for a while. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it now, Dude, but Matt I got was, it to a point where Matt I was, was like, wankered, pissed and could barely stand. Just gets in the car fucking... Yep, single like, hand. son of a bitch. Yeah, parallel park, one of those things. <laughs> how? How? It's a fucking black magic. Oh, man. It's nuts. The boat life. It's just a money pit though, right? Because you just end up leaving. Yeah, you, you end up with that thing especially if you're paying mooring and stuff. We never did any of that, but even servicing on like a standard one's nuts. Yeah, those, uh, those fees for the moorings are not cheap, but they're not actually that bad. I can't remember what he's paying. I think it's about seven and a half to sort of 10 grand a year, I think, roughly. Oh, actually, you want to talk about fucking expenses and random shit. I was watching a um, little fucking YouTube doco uh, by a guy called Larry Chen, who's like a Asian dude from America who's very famous in the car scene for like photography. Uh, and he's been sort of creating this series about documenting car cultures in different countries. The last one he went to was Singapore. Do you know much about owning a car in Singapore? No. So Strangely they, enough. <laughs> they basically have a um, a limited amount of what they call COEs, Certificate of Entitlement. So you have to have a Certificate of Entitlement to allow you to register your vehicle. But there's a limited number of them. They cost for any car. Let's say you've got a Honda Jazz. To be able to buy a certificate of entitlement and register it for 10 years, it's 90,000 US dollars. Is this pretty much like our licensing? Licensing, yeah. Yeah, You pay your reg over 10 years, it'll cost you 90 grand American. So about 160K Aussie for 10 wow. years just to register the car. And because cars naturally more expensive there, you're probably paying close to $100,000 for a Honda Jazz. So this guy, this one car collector had like 13, he had a collection of like 13 or 14 Mitsubishi Evos. The COEs for his cars cost him a million dollars. So every 10 years, he pays a million dollars just to register his cars. And each car is worth, you know, between 150 and 
But then you, they were going to these other dudes' houses, hypercar collectors. There's one guy in particular, Stephen Guo, I think Gu, I think his name is, very prominent businessman over there, big in the like Pagani uh, fan, like not fan club, but members club. He had this Pagani Huayra, um, just to buy it alone was uh, 14 million US dollars, which is probably like nearly three times what it would usually cost you to buy one. And then you add on to that the, the COE that he has to pay on it. I thought everything was cheap in Singapore. When, like, when we were kids, like people would go on holiday there and come back with like NBA jerseys and <laughs> DVDs and stuff. I think there's a big uh, sort of black mark. Oh, no, you might be thinking of Hong Kong. I don't know. I think Singapore, there was definitely some Singapore runs that people were doing. Yeah. I'd been to Singapore, but only as like stopovers. I know now like Singapore is very expensive, like to stay. The airport's got a rainforest. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty dope. I think there's butterflies and shit in there. Yeah, there is. A butterfly sanctuary. Mm. So, yeah, owning a fucking car in Singapore would be Do you need to pay – do you reckon you need to pay that just to like – is that just to be able to drive it on the road or is that – yeah. Yeah. Consider it like our rego. 16 cars or something, you wouldn't – you'd be like, I'm just going to register a couple of them. No, well, he registers them all because, like I said, there's there's a finite amount of COEs. So if he lets one lapse... Oh, uh, so they're trying to keep the... Someone else might pick it up. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. It's like liquor licenses in Exactly, Perth, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, speaking of liquor licenses, rest in peace, Andy Scally. Yeah. That's wild. It's pretty crazy, eh? It's pretty niche for Perth. So sorry, listeners from other places, but obviously when we were doing nightclub stuff, um, there, was a, there was a bunch of characters that we've discussed... Numerous times. Well, he was part of, of Stereo Sonic too, right? He, he was the, the WA rep for Stereo Sonic. Right. So I think there was maybe a bit of risk in bringing a festival that size here. So they outsource it to like a local promoter. Oh, yeah. Who, this is a licensing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most people in our age would have been, if you ever went to Metro's Frio, he pretty much ran that. And he was just like, just another person that I would have never met, you know, if it wasn't for the club scene stuff. And, uh, yep, popped up on the news feed the other day. Murdered. Murdered. So that sucks. I mean, we weren't super close or anything, but it is not great to hear that that happened. That's nuts though. It's like, yeah, what are you going to do? That's what you get for messing around with the dark arts, I suppose. That's it, who knows? You know the funniest thing when someone when something bad happens, you start looking like I was like trying to find the Instagram of the oh, dude yeah. that did it and stuff yeah. like that. And you're like, is there a? Is, it's a weird thing that we have there. Is, yeah, that's interesting. I was doing the same thing the other day. I came across you know this guy Andre Rebello. No, well, you haven't heard of him. He was like a crypto kid. I think he made a bunch of money. I think his parents were quite wealthy anyway, but he was dating this chick called Gracie Piscopo. Have you heard of her? No. She's got a million followers and she's in Perth. Oh, really? I'd never heard of her until Come this on happened. Come Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> G-Money, let's go. Um, we'll try and pronounce your surname correctly. Yeah. His, uh, so she was married with a kid to this Andre Rebello kid and he's killed his mum. Just casually? 
casually killed his mum and no word about motives or anything like that. I assume it's probably money. He might have lost a shitload in crypto and trying to get some fucking life insurance potentially, but murdered his mum, currently going through court. They're obviously not together anymore, but yeah, I was just trying to do some diligence on the family. I was like, who's? Because there's no mention of the, the dad. It's like if your wife's murdered and your son is up for, you'd probably chime in with some comments, you know, either – he didn't do it, I'm, I'm, I'm looking after him, or fuck that kid, <laughs> he's killed my wife or something. No mention of the father, I couldn't find anything. Very, very mysterious. He's probably just taking a moment. <laughs> he's like, let me figure out how I feel about this. This is a complex situation. This happened probably eight months ago. Every time you hear about a dude killing one of his parents or both of his parents, you're like, that is the most entitled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is the most entitled shit. You brought me into this world and I'll take you out of it. A little flip every on the old door. <laughs> every time I watch any of those YouTube videos and I watch many of like crimes and stuff like that, kids that kill their parents never sleep. They're always in the interrogation room and they're like, oh, I have no idea. And then the cops <laughs> are like, yeah, we've like got ring camera footage of you walking in with an AK-47. And they're like, what? Uh, can I get a lawyer? that's so true like we've all thought about killing take the time (laughs) take the time don't google how to dispose of a body first thing they check every time they're like and they got his search history back and he was you know spent four hours trying to figure out how to get away with murder (laughs) it's like uh you deserve to go to jail don't get me wrong, you probably deserve to go to jail if you kill your parents in general, but at least give the cops a run for their money. You exactly, know what I mean? make them work for it. That's it. I would do the Edward Norton primal fear kind of thing mm-hmm. where I pretend that I am uh, that I have split personality disorder and I act very autistic. Right. And then in the courtroom when pressed, I turn into the, the evil version. And I try and strangle someone and they're like, he was such a nice guy for this entire thing and now we see that there's a Dark duality. Yeah, yes. and we can't put him in jail. Yeah, he's obviously crazy. They got it. I mean, the thing is with the crazy thing, it's not like they go, oh, yeah, you're crazy. Back you go. Yeah. <laughs> Back you go out into society. Yeah. Surely the crazy prison's worse. It'd have to be, right? <laughs> yeah. It'd have to be. You'd be like, man. Like, I mean, it's scary enough going into normal jail because you'd be like, Am I going to get raped? Like, does that really happen? But I got to say, if there was psychopaths that had killed their parents or like stabbed random people and just completely mm. mental people, mm. got to be worse. Yeah. Do you remember when that girl, that girl got taken at the blowholes down at um, Esperance? Yeah. A couple of years ago? Yeah. And I was like, hand to God, very fucking poor judgment of me. Everyone will probably fit in this category. I was like, Stepdad did it. <laughs> or the mum. They yeah. don't look sad enough about yeah. this. And, you know, it was just one of those things we were like following it. And then it turns out it's just this crazy dude. He literally went into the tent, mm. took the girl, took her back to her house. And it turned out it was a guy that was the collected Bratz dolls. Yeah. And like had like a whole Instagram person, uh, like Facebook personality of all this stuff. So strange. And they called him because he was at the shops buying diapers and they were like, that guy's mental. Why is he buying diapers? There's a kid missing. Yeah. So hectic. That guy's in there. Yeah. 
So maybe if you kill your parents, you just got to wear it and just go to normal casuarina and just be crazy. Be like, oh, you know what I (laughs) mean? Parent killer. (laughs) People definitely do get raped in Australian jails though, but I think it's mainly... um, I know they're used to by guards and stuff. Kitty fiddlers and um, people who like kill children. And I think there's another, another one in there somewhere. Yeah, it's pedophiles mainly and people who murder children. Yeah, well, I mean, if you can't, you can't kill them. If someone does that stuff, it's like, you're done. Like, just check out. Like, surely you should just check out. You should just be like, all right, I cooked cooked this life. Yeah, I saw a fucking news story. Some guy went in there and I think he'd murdered some kids and they, they, a bunch of them raped him viciously split him completely open and they had to go and stitch him up. And as soon as he got out, they did it again. (laughs) Jesus, that's grim. Imagine that. It's tough, but it is definitely like, I don't know. What's the mentality of the rapers? Yeah, that's a great question. They're not screw tops, by the way, Chief. What the fuck? They are? (laughs) Wrong. Holy shit, I stand corrected. I've been opening my Sapporo's wrong this entire time. I apologise, Scott, profusely. Accepted. <laughs> Accepted. What have I got? I wrote some things down. Um, Sesh with Sav wants to know what our favourite disability is. Seems like a loaded question. It's a dangerous one to play with, but I'm definitely... I, I don't know what the uh, angle is. I don't know. I don't, know like, I don't really like the topic. I think disability stuff. <laughs> um, I'm not trying to be that bogan with it. It's okay. like, it's not... Mark Vaughan Hang wants on, to know. Wait, wait, is there something there? Are there any funny ones? <laughs> Being like left-handed. the ones, ones that you wouldn't mind having. Being left-handed. Left-handed people are weird, dude. Yeah. I have so many left-handed friends. You watch them riot and you stop trusting them. <laughs> it's like, dude, stop putting a whole chicken wing over your page. Like, they always look like they're up well, to no see, good. Well, see, they have to. They look to. like they're hiding. They have to because if you wrote like this, you'd be smudging after you write. Why don't they write backwards? <laughs> like the Arabs? They play guitar upside down. Why don't they write Why don't backwards? they write backwards? I don't know. Because we can read backwards innately. You ever been walking on the wrong side of a path and then you, or like a uh, driving out of a car park mm-hmm. and it says no entry, mm-hmm. but it's the other way around and you still read it as no entry and go, uh, mm. but it's backwards. Yeah. Same shit. Have you ever tried to throw a ball left-handed? Yeah, it's like kicking a soccer ball left, left-footed. It's ridiculous. Throwing a, a ball left-handed is like basically 90% of girls throwing at all. <laughs> and it's such an... It's <laughs> Dude, it's, it's feminine, full stop. If you were ever trying to impress a girl by throwing, I don't know what situation you might be in, but I can guarantee that the quickest way, if a girl really liked you and you weren't that into it, yeah, just go, can we go to the nets? I need to do some <laughs> <laughs> Can we go down to the nets? <laughs> I would love to do that as a test. Like, get a girl, you've gone out on four dates or something, she's really into you, and then just be like, 
just throw in front of her, but left-handed, and see how quickly she fucking fucks you off. <laughs> Dude, it was almost immediate. It'd have to be, yeah. right? That's the, that was where the ick originated. That is a big, big ick. It'd have to be. <laughs> It'd have to be. <laughs> There's no way you can, you get to you look can make it look good either. No. I'm sure if you stayed for a minute, like, like if, you, if you took a, a good three hours of just doing it repetitively, you'd be mm. like, okay, I kind of figured this out. Because like a left-handed layup's not that hard in basketball. It's but, totally different though because you're like chaining motions together because your hips go, your top half goes, your right arm goes. Yeah, and there's a whole body timed. dynamics to it, yeah. Whereas with basketball, like, like you can change hands and then yeah. just you're kind of just lifting the ball in. Yeah. But even then... As you're, doing, as you're doing it, you're like, this might win the game, but it's gay. <laughs> <laughs> you just yell at yourself, gay. <laughs> I'd like to be ambidextrous. I've heard of people that are, but I've never met one. Yeah, I know a few ambos. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Are they talking shit? Are they trustworthy? I don't trust them. Fucking yeah. shapeshifters. Yeah. It's so like, what agree. the fuck are you doing? <laughs> exactly. And the ones, I think it might be Daniel Bradshaw plays golf left-handed, but right's right-handed. Yeah, that's just the sign of someone that just had learning disabilities. <laughs> I know people like that. They're like, oh, yeah, like, kick a soccer ball left-footed, but I right right-handed. And it's like, dude, you just had poor parenting. <laughs> I don't want to say that about Bradshaw. Debbie is a saint. I love her. <laughs> hey, she might be a saint, but maybe she dropped him. As maybe a child. she. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe she dropped the ball on the left-footed kicking day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I, yeah, weird. Very weird. Oh, dude, I had a hilarious thing happen this week. Oh fuck yeah, lay it on. Um, me. I was so I don't often get in the elevator at my apartment during like peak hour because I'll usually start work around 11 and I'll be here until like 7 or 8. So because there's only two elevators, there's 16 floors. I think each floor probably has 10 apartments. So those elevators just get absolutely jammed. Anyway, the other day I came in at some reasonable hour <laughs> and I got in the elevator at the second floor and I go to get off at my floor, there's about four people, four or five people in the elevator. But there's one dude that I – he's like an elevator friend. We, mm-hmm. He lives on the same, the same level as me. He's not a complete weirdo. And we have very, very short conversations maybe two or three times a month. Mm-hmm. And he's a bit of a bro. And I was like, get in, coming up. And he goes – you know, we start conversing and – the doors open the level below ours, but we both continue the conversation and walk out at the same time. We both drop the ball. We both drop the ball at the same time. Obviously, the apartment complex, every floor looks exactly the same. You don't come out and look at what floor you're on. Yeah. I just walk straight into someone else's apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I walk in, the lights are off. So immediately I'm like, have I not paid the power bill or something? (laughs) And then I walk into a table that's like right next to the, as the door opens, I'm like, what the fuck? And I look down and there are two children in sleeping bags on the floor watching television. And they just look at me and I'm like, something is horribly wrong. 
<laughs> so I don't bother trying to explain. I yeah. just leave. That seems to be the best course of action. Yeah. I walk out and I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, and I'm standing in the elevator waiting for the elevator to come. But I'm just like, it's a race against time. Like, is the dad going to come out and murder me? Which is completely justified because I've just walked into his dark apartment where kids are having a sleepover party. And I'm like, so I'm stressed. I'm like pressing this button. Surely someone's going to come out of that apartment and have a go at me. And then bro, the other guy comes because he lives right at the end. He's walking down just being like, I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm so glad we both just did that. Did you tell him that you were? Yeah, yeah. He was like, man, my key wouldn't work. I was like, dude, that's the least of your problems. <laughs> <laughs> Who leaves their fucking door wide open no, though? I in an apartment like We do quite a lot. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> if you're in it. If you're in it, sure. Apartment living is sure. safe. Mm. It's like unless someone loses their shit on your floor. I'm pretty sure someone pissed on my level the other week. It smelled pretty bad. And then they came and did a full floor clean. So there's definitely some sketchiness that goes on. Mm. But in general, no one's coming in your backyard or like, True. you know, it's, there is, it is the illusion of safety to some degree. Yeah. But you do get trapped in small metal boxes with drug dealers with face tattoos quite a lot. True. So... But they don't really shit where they eat for the most part. They just like look menacing. Makes sense. They all have small dogs. Yeah. I've got a problem in my fucking elevator situation at work where people will get in as I'm going down from the 11th. They'll get in on 10 and then get off at 9. It's like, take the stairs, cunt. How dare you? You're holding up this whole thing for everyone. People aren't fans of stairs, though. They're really not. And their body type yeah. would uh, is commensurate to that, um, that outlook. You get stair fits so quick. I remember, we, remember my, my um, office in Barrack Street? Yeah. And it was like four, maybe five flights of stairs. It was yeah. pretty intense. I'd skip up and down oh, that yeah. all day. No Laughing. problem. Smoking pack of cigarettes a day. <laughs> no issue. I remember this dude came once from a transport company and he was trying to sell me like prepaid tickets for like, um, you know, courier stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, it's fine. He's like, oh, old school salesman, you know, in the city. And he's like, I'm coming to the office. I was like, oh, God damn it. And he got up and the dude just sat there sweating. He was so fat and he was just sweating and out of breath for so long. I was like, <laughs> dude, what are you doing with your life? Like if you can't make it upstairs. Uh-huh. It's not like he had to run. He just walked upstairs and he was like, it was almost enough to kill him. <laughs> I did make the fatal error of um, I rolled into work and the whole foyer was full of people. Like the elevators are on the fritz. And I was like, I'm not waiting here like these fucking plebs. Oh, I'm going to take the stairs. But like the way the floors are situated, it's kind of like four flights between each floor. And I'm on the 11th. It only goes to 12, so I'm second top. And I'm pretty fit and I wanted to die by the time I got to the top. Is it a fire escape stairs as well? Yeah. So they're so loud, man. Yeah, man. Man, well, we, had a, we had people evacuating because the alarms go off all the time in the building because you can't put 600 idiots in one block <laughs> um, without someone setting fire to something once a week. So most of the time I just don't bother. But when you – the alarms talk to you. Evacuate immediately. Did it? And it's so intense. So yeah, I went to leave the other week, 
and going down, everyone opens the doors and there's obviously like a big wind tunnel. So as soon as you let go of that door, it closes so loud and it's just like, boom, it sounds like a fucking Vietnam. <laughs> I was having flashbacks. <laughs> that Viet Cong. Back in Nam, back in Melbourne. Have you ever found yourself in a position where there is something extremely heavy to pick up and you do not have the physical attributes to be able to manage it? I have. I know Scott has. And if you find yourself in a similar predicament, you should reach out to Jackson Moore at Perth Fork Trucks. These boys have been servicing the Perth fork trucking industry for over a decade? Maybe more. I don't know. It's been a long time. We don't have that information. They are experts, though. You can guarantee that. The guys are currently running a promo up until December where you can enter for free to win yourself a forklift. Now, I'm personally thinking about entering just so I can drive it down Murray Street and move any idiot that doesn't know how to merge properly. If you're interested in winning your own very own fork truck, go to perthforktrucks.com.au. The link is going to be down in the description below or reach out to Jackson Moore. Man, I know nothing about the yes vote. I'm a humanitarian, so I'm like, vote yes. It seems like the right thing to do for Aboriginal rights or whatever. However, I know nothing about it and I don't normally vote anyway. And I've heard uh, stories of, um, you know, like Aboriginal people saying that the yes vote is bullshit. Yeah, I think I, this, that's the thing is like all this stuff. I feel like contextually it's probably like controversial takes because it will get clicks and stuff like that. Again, I don't know that much about well, it. Well, no, like one of the guys that works with, I'm not going to say who and why, but we'll, we can talk about it off air, but someone who works for someone we know um, has an Indigenous person working for them and he was like, no, fuck that. Yeah, right. Yeah. I should probably look into it a bit more because I know it's coming up. Um, but the, the funny thing is that instantly the people that are fully behind this, or like the, the white women that are fully behind <laughs> this, are the same people that were like, are the same people that have just been dicks mm. for the last four years about everything. And they're all like, yeah, the, just this, this hard liberal getting behind, you know, like a, assaulting you for being, for not caring about the, you don't care, you're a monster, you're Hitler. It's like, that's when, when issues pop up and I'm not saying that this issue is necessarily like a completely righteous issue or something. I think there's going to come a point where people are like, yo, can you guys chill? Because we don't need mm. your band of assholes getting mm. behind our things. It's actually going to hurt. It seems to be for them more about or less about the actual, the actual outcome, the actual thing, as opposed to the optics of not voting yes. Dude, it's the it is it's an optics thing, and if the funny thing is, I was, yeah, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but I was talking to a guy the other day that was working, um, did a few days working at another company, and uh, it's in a seems to be quite a woke and progressive company that does like marketing and things like that, and yeah, he was just like, there wasn't a person working in there that didn't have either like a rainbow badge or a yes thing and they were pulling down. It's just like, it just seems to be another, yeah, it's just just a signaling thing. 
You know what I mean? It's like, I think in, in fairness, like all of these things, like the vote for gay marriage, the vote for uh, the yes vote for this, this Aboriginal stuff, it's in a democracy of people, it's meant to be completely reasonable for people to have differing opinions on those things. But it's like, if you have a differing opinion on it, and I don't, like I don't genuinely, I, I don't know enough about it. And like I said, like on a broad strokes thing, I'm just like, vote yes, that's fine. But Is that not irresponsible though? If you're, it's, irres you're it's completely saying, irresponsible. Then you shouldn't vote. Yeah, but it's compulsory to vote in Australia. Yeah, fuck, since when has compulsory I've ever never, compelled yeah, you I've, to I've do voted, a damn thing? I've voted like... <laughs> Maybe twice. Yeah. I'm personally not voting because mm. I don't know anything about it and I haven't taken the time to understand it properly. And that's, I'll that's try and, Yeah, which, which means that you're not participating so other people can vote and that's fine. It's not like your vote is going somewhere else, no, right? that's right, yeah. So it's like, I don't know enough about it. I'm going to back off. Because it seems more, and this is the thing I've always had with Australian politics, it's your job to inform yourself, but at the same time, I'm like, the information that's being delivered is not, it's just not it's very compelling enough. To get a, and it's difficult to get a straight answer. Everything yeah. is clouded by um, guilt. And it seems like, um, you know, is it not fucking racist for us to be almost assuming what this group of people want? It's almost like we're making decisions again in a vacuum on behalf of them based on how we think they feel about certain things. Like the it's welcome tough to though country. because we don't know anything about it. So it's like we, we're both obviously not educated on it. So it's like I don't even know what the vote's about. So we, I was kind of speculating on it. It's maybe going to sound make us sound like morons. Nah, like, nah, nah. Look, we're, we're here saying that we don't know enough about the things – it's people shy away from these conversations because on the on the off chance that you might fucking sound like a racist. Yeah, true, true. And that's 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 counterproductive. You can't not have a conversation about something because you might seem racist. It's like you, you know you're not. I want to make informed decisions. I don't know enough about it. What I would love to do is have someone on here who could actually tell us about it from their perspective. Well, we have a. Political comedian on next week. He'll be able to tell That's us. That's a great idea. A That's a great idea. We'll talk to him. But he's quite outspoken. Yeah. About something, so. <laughs> but the welcome to country thing has been under a bit of spotlight recently with a lot of Indigenous people saying it's just fucking bullshit. What I would like is for the people who are actually going to be affected by it to tell me what is the appropriate course of action. What do you want? And how can I help you facilitate that? If it's voting the yes, then I'll do that. Yeah. It is that thing, though, where it's just like, can we, um, can we get some straight information on what it's all about? It is our... I mean, if you want to partake in democracy, you need to be... You need to inform yourself, I think, to some degree, but it's not there. And it's hard to find legitimate, unbiased, uh, like, information. All the information is seemingly skewed one way or the other. I think it's just so loaded. That's the problem. Is like it's scary to talk about in some way, in some weird way. That's just what's happened recently. Where it's like, like you said, like you don't want to be labelled a racist. It's like not a fucking racist. So is my opinion on this like going to get me in trouble? It's like why? If we, we the whole point of having a vote on things like this is so that. Because there's always going to be differing views that are both valid, right? 
but it just seems like the left, I don't want to be aligned with the left at all. Even though I'm left-leaning, I don't want to be aligned with them because they're dicks. Mm. They're dicks and they complain when they, they, they act like absolute brats when they lose and when they win, they're the most ungracious of winners. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, what I don't like is the fact that if you vote one way or the other, there's an inference that you're a racist and you're a piece of shit mm. um, when that's, that's really not the case. Yeah. It's pretty, it is pretty funny that everything has been so polarised like that where it's like, you know, if you have any questions about gender, then you're a, a bigot or mm-hmm. a homophobe. You know, if you have any questions about anything to do with race at all, you're some sort of a racist. It's like I still believe pretty firmly that 96% of people are middle and you have some things that make sense on the left and some things that make sense on the right. Like people go towards the right as they get older because it financially benefits them and you'd be voting against your... You'd be voting against yourself if you were to vote, you know, because you'd be like, oh, I like these humanitarian issues which are definitely more of a young man's game but you speak to parents of people and they're like we got to vote this way because it's going to make sense for my retirement or you know I've got investments here and there and like life's tough Mm. I wonder how many leftists they're going to be pushing those sorts of things when we get further and further into a recession Mm. and the Horrible right-wingers are going to help people out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The more I hear about the whole vax thing, I'm fucking sad that I did it, eh, to be honest. I didn't, have, be, a cho- I I didn't have a choice. There's no point in being sad. I had to for work, but it's yeah. just... It, well, you it, live with your decisions, you know? We were yeah. informed in that way. I didn't grow horns, so yeah. my dick still works. But you might f- drop dead on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that might actually get some views. So. Have you seen there's that NFL player that <laughs> yeah. died on, on pitch and he, he died for a minute. Yeah, he came back. A couple of minutes. Yeah, but there's a big conspiracy theory that he didn't come back. Really? Rather than him coming out and making mm. like a statement, they were like, look, he's okay. And they just showed like a shadowy figure oh, yeah. waving at, at like one of the games in one of the press boxes. Just a dude with his arm. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, where is he? Is he okay? In fact, I haven't heard a peep about that since. Yeah, well, that's the thing is they're like, where is he? Mm. Because the NFL is a multi-billion dollar company. hundred And then you've got like the government, which were like, get the backs. Yeah. And they're both probably just going to the family. Like, if he's dead, they're just like, guys, weekend at Bernie's, this dude for six months, we'll give you fucking $10 million. Everyone will forget about it. Yeah. I'll give you so six, weekend burning, Weekend at Bernie fucking the president for two years. Well, I, uh, I found the NFL interesting because uh, our dear friend Taylor Swift um, is – Yeah, she with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, whoever the fuck Kelsey, that is. Kelsey, yeah. Um, but I saw someone posted up him doing a Spono bit for Pfizer. <laughs> basically saying, get the double, you know, the flu jab and the COVID I mean, booster. That, like, <laughs> it, that, it was corporate, right? Because Pfizer would have been paying the bag. At yeah, the time. hard. Hard. Sell out, bitch. And then there was the dude, there was another guy, um, a quarterback. Oh, his name escapes me. But Tom Brady. No, he couldn't get the vax because he's allergic to one of the things in uh. it. Um, and he wasn't like looking to be a 
looking to make a big stand, but he's like, I'm allergic to this thing. I've been told that I can't get it and the NFL will like, you can't play. Wow. And then he became this big like pariah because they were like, he's not getting the vax and he's, he's still trying to play. Like, what a monster. Mm. It's going to kill your grandma. Devil. Devil's in the details, baby. <laughs> well, um, you know, on, a, uh, on another note in the commercial world, if we go back maybe 40 episodes to where Josh was talking about uranium, Things be happening. It looks like boy. it looks like we might be going things to Things be moon. happening. <laughs> spot price. Thank you, Russia. <laughs> Do you know why? Well, there's a multitude of reasons. Yeah, but spot price just hit a 15-year high at 73 US dollars a pound. So I read in the news today. I think the reason that that has probably happened is Russia have just terminated their trade agreement with America for uranium. They have indeed. Because they're like, nah, guys. Giving way too much money to Ukraine. <laughs> I believe all Russia does for them is actually just process the uranium. So they sell them like yellow cake potentially, and then they turn that into fuel and then ship it back. The processing gets done there, as I understand it. Um, and they basically just put the kibosh on it and said, no, nah, we're not doing anything else for you. Great for us. Yeah, very good Fantastic for us. Fantastic for us. The aliens are working against us, though. In, Did you watch Encounters? Oh, yeah. Well, that's really the thing that scares me is a alternate fuel source. Yeah, <laughs> and there, there, but there's a couple of things. We have the potential alternate fuel source, but if you watched Encounters on Netflix, mm. it's a bit whack, but came out this week. The Fukushima one is crazy. Oh, really? There's one yeah, on that? cell phone footage. The last episode, very, very cool. Sick, I'll watch that. Yeah, there's. Uh, they reckon that... The, the the theory is that the majority of um, the majority of UFO sightings are over military bases that are storing nuclear weapons and nuclear reactors. Right. And according to this documentary, I mean, it's it's pretty contentious, but they were saying that. Well, they weren't saying. They show footage of these crazy group of ufos above fukushima interesting and they reckon that they were trying to keep the core temperature down interesting yeah and they did it in um chernobyl they actually the first meltdown according to this documentary the yeah. first, the first yeah. meltdown was um was held off by right something by the core temperature dropping okay well by a light okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't get me, it sounds so ridiculous i was watching this thing and i was high and i was like this is oh crazy. Oh my god, this is fact. <laughs> but yeah, check it out. I'll show you just the, the, the just just we can cut this out, but um because there was another really cool one called Ghosts of Fukushima. Do you ever watch that? No. Where they reckon that the a bunch of people in Fukushima were seeing like like women walking the streets and stuff, like Sick. after the thing. Okay. It's very cool. That's another Netflix documentary. Uh, give me one sec. So Fukushima. Yeah, they're they're thinking that with the ramp up globally around leveraging small modular reactors and bringing reactors back online, especially in China and Japan, that by 2030, wow, by 2030, there's going to be something like a 30 to 40 percent shortfall in what we use and what we have available. Supply demand, baby. Supply and demand. 
That was a news eight years ago. That's not Japanese. Oh, it's Hindi. Checking it out. It's very weird, isn't it? Yeah, and they're changing from one blob to three and then nine. Aliens? That's pretty much it. It doesn't yeah. go, they don't do anything else, but that's okay. pretty nuts, right? No shit. But it is one of those things where you're like, yeah. yeah. But the last episode is the one, the one to watch for sure. Well, if my thesis comes through, I won't tell anyone that I'm rich, but there will be signs. <laughs> <laughs> you do drive a rich man's car. That's true. Rich man, rich man. It won't that, be, that dude has hit the heights of the internet, eh? Who's that? Seen that dude? Oh, the country singer. The dude. country singer. It's so funny because they 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 try and you know the world tries to market something of like this is just a bloke that just finished a hard day working on the mines and has just come home and he's just had enough and he's just got his guitar out and he's freestyled <laughs> a song in his backyard. It's like that thing is cut in fucking eight k. There's it's a video clip. Yeah, and don't get me the song's cool. It's just him being like. I don't have any money and the government <laughs> seems to be fucking me over and I feel like everyone calls me a racist. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's pretty funny. But um, yeah, it's, it has spawned a lot of people doing like acoustic. It's, it's like all those dudes that had guitars, acoustic guitars left over from when Jack Johnson came out. You remember when Jack Johnson came out? Was it Jack Johnson? Was that the guy that... It was like, oh my god! Yeah, it's made really generic. It's kind of Pete Murray as well. The yeah, Australian Pete Murray one. was the Australian <laughs> version, but Jack Johnson was yeah. like acoustic guitar sales went through the Flake. roof. It dudes were just sitting there, just like strumming, strumming, trying to woo chicks around a campfire. Every time that dude came out, when you were like at the beach down south, he's like, "Go away, dude!" If I was on a camping Quite trip, regularly had dreadlocks, and a dude pulled out a guitar and a campfire, I'm throwing it on the fire. I would. Kick him out of the way and shred. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know a sweet child of mine. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> du, du, du. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> How every good guitar solo starts. Just to be like, fuck it. Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> Time of our life, Green. <laughs> But yeah, that dude is definitely those get those acoustic guitars have been dusted off, and people are starting to sing their uninformed views. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing the Yes campaign acoustic rendition. Yeah, it's definitely coming. From some fat Karen. I see Dan Andrews quit as well. Yeah. But fuck, people in Melbourne must be pissed at that dude. They got fucked. Mm. They got fucked royally. I mm. think they were in lockdown more than anyone else in the world. Yeah, yeah. And now that dude's just like, guys, it's time for me to spend some time with our family. It's like, we want to spend time with our yeah. families. You wouldn't let us. Fucking Nam up in arms. Nam is up in arms. Nam is the coolest one, man. I wish we got Nam. I don't know we, where the memo was about changing all of the words as well. Like I never saw any sort of mail outs around that. I think it was just a choice that people had. What, what, what's, what's ours? Isn't ours like Wajuk? Yeah, ours is hard to pronounce, man. Fuck, I just aced it. Nam was, Nam's easy. 
We're going to get in trouble with this. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's why. <laughs> We're just saying the traditional just fucking land word. names. God. God damn it. Badly, but that's fine. Yeah, we're learning. We're learning. Educate man. yourself. We are learning. Um, I don't have a segue into this, but I'd written it down. So let's go. How long have we been going at the moment? We've been going one hour and two minutes. Oh, but because excellent. you cut out my fucking taking shots at a Well, that was only two minutes. So yeah, so I was like we'll do uh, we'll do another segment and then fucking wrap this show up. No we a segment show. Yeah. Man, my list of things that I've written down for fucking podcast is is uh Something that will be brought out in court when I one day do something horrible. I do want to talk about White Man Can't Jump remake at some point because it's so fucking bad. But I, that's not going to be the time now. Did you know you know about MK Ultra? Yes. Did you know that um, Whitey Bulger, the gangster, yeah. the notorious gangster was a part of the MK, it's fully confirmed, yeah, right. part of the MK Ultra trials, Charles Manson and Ted Kaczynski, the yeah, Unibomber. Right. How All nuts is that? And the craziest thing is, because I was reading, I've been reading Industrial Revolution and it's effects, I think it's called, or it's basically the manifesto of the Unibomber. Yeah. Which I'd never read before, but I was like, it's pretty interesting. Do I need to be worried about you, Scott? Potentially. <laughs> the story, the, the, the weird thing about the Unabomber is that he was a genius. He had the same, same level IQ as Einstein and Stephen Hawking. Right. Went to um, Harvard when he was 16. Absolute fucking genius. They did MK Ultra trials at Harvard and he was part of them for three and a half years. Wow. Dosing them with LSD and like fucking fucking with them. And the whole point of it was that they were like, we know that we can basically brainwash normie people. That was the CIA's. This is all fully released mm. and vetted. Um, and then they were like, can we do it with hyper-intelligent people though? Because they obviously wanted to see if they could do it with cabinet members and people. Because back then people in politics were quite intelligent. Yeah. And um, – yeah, they fried his brain, dude, really badly. And he was like, I'm going to Montana. He left. He graduated from Harvard super young, like before he was 20. Went and became a professor at um, Berkeley. So super, I think he was the youngest professor ever at Berkeley. And he won like the Nobel Prize for maths. Dude is a legit genius. I think just purely by, you know, it was just like a, a gift. So it wasn't like he was busting his ass. He just didn't have a lot of social skills and he was like complete genius. And he was like, man, you need to think that Einstein was integral in creating like the atomic bomb. He did the theory of relativity. The world has stood on the shoulders of his research and, and built up scientifically for generations right Stephen Hawking I think black holes and a whole bunch of other stuff and then this dude is kind of like the one that went the other way but you need to think there's not that many people like that right like I don't think Elon Musk has the IQ of, of um, those guys obviously it's got to be pretty high but yeah Kaczynski went lived in the woods in Montana he built a built a cabin and just was like, I'm going to live off the land. I'm rejecting society at a whole. Like, it's not done me well. I'm a genius and they fucking drugged me. 
and made me feel bad. I'm going to go spend some time alone. So he got enough money through his um, through being a professor and then just bounced and was like, I don't want any part of it. So he went and lived off the land, all that sort of stuff. And then he was in a pretty remote part of Montana. He wakes up one day and they're bulldozing fucking parts of the forest that he was living in. He's like, what the fuck do I have to do to get away from these people? This is nature. This is fine. This is the way that it should be. He started encroaching on his shit and he was like, fuck you. I'm going to make some bombs and I'm going to send them. You have 15 years, dude. 15 years sending bombs to like. And the, the, the craziest one is he put one on a plane and it didn't go off. And then everyone was like, man, this guy is a hardcore terrorist. They didn't know who he was. They knew nothing about him. But I think, yeah, it was like after 15 years, he was, and, and the, when the plane one happened, he hit up the newspapers. It was Washington Post and a few others and was like, look, I'm going to blow up a fucking passenger plane unless you print this in full in your newspaper on the front page and concurrently, and they did. So that the whole of America, and this is when back when like there was like five or six newspapers, you know, like there wasn't the internet. So all these people in America read it. And then he said, um, I, I don't know if he, I think he might've died from COVID, but or he might actually still be in jail, but they interviewed him many years ago. And he was like, the only way that, so I didn't want to kill people, but the only way that anyone was ever going to read my theories basically is if I get everyone's attention <coughs> and that's what he did and it's pretty it's a pretty crazy read he's just basically talking about how when technology advanced the industrial revolution we all became basically completely focused on productivity and the whole human experience became about how you can be more productive because over time bear in mind this is like I think the 70s late 70s, he's like, over time, people are going to be feeling depressed and sad and anxious because they're completely not living there the way that we were intended to and integrating with, uh, with nature at all. Mm. So they're going to give us drugs to make us feel better about going into factories or just being mindless drones. And uh, yeah, it started because I, I obviously knew a bit about it, but then I was watching some YouTube stuff and I was like, God damn. Like they, they were like how much of it came real and they were like pretty much all of it. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, obviously he's a madman. Obviously he's a full terrorist and stuff, but you were reading it just going, well. Man's not entirely wrong. Yeah, and the fact that he was as intelligent as Einstein Not smart enough Stephen to make Hawkins. the bomb actually blow up on the plane though, so. No, but he did blow a lot of shit. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. He didn't kill that many people, but apparently his his thing was to maim. But it was pretty funny. It was like, you know, Parks and Recreation, that show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he was bombing. He was bombing people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, it's super interesting. Yeah. We'll so I'm out. probably on a terrorist watch list for reading yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, certainly. Yep. And then talking about it now. <laughs> so in uh, conclusion... Bigot and known racist Scott Mello speaks about. <laughs> white man speaks about not, about why you should vote no and glorifies eco-terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> Swears at coffee vendors. 
Yeah, it's really gone downhill from you for the last couple of days. So everyone, thoughts and prayers. Scott. So, you got anything positive to, to finish on? You uh, have nothing to say about my dear Ted Kaczynski? <laughs> <laughs> nah. I first actually got interested in it because he looks a lot like my dad. Yeah. It was super weird. True. And then when my dad was alive, I was like, yo, you like the Unibomber. Yeah. And he looked at it and he was like, no, I don't. <laughs> you do, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it been Harvard? I was trying to get him to shave his beard off my, yeah. my whole life because he had a beard my whole life. My 21st birthday, he's like, what do you want? I was like, shave off your beard. And he was like... No, it wasn't even a big beard. Yeah, it was like it was just maybe half an inch. Yeah, super. Uh, And I was like, "You want to do it?" And he was like, "I don't, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it." And I was like, "I'm going to tell everyone that you were a football hooligan because he was. She went to United games and stuff as a kid. Grew up in Manchester. I was like, I tell everyone you're a football hooligan." And that you have racist tattoos on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I and, came uh, home once when I was in like year six or something and my dad had shaved off his moustache, which he'd had. Your dad had si- a moustache? Since I'd been alive. It was pr- prodigious as well. <laughs> and um, he just shaved it off. And I was like, who the fuck are you? Like I had to double take. Like I was like, who the fuck is this man in here? Because I'd never seen him without it for his whole life. And I was a grown human. Does by he have that one point. now? No, he doesn't. So he just he tried it one day. And he, he did was away like, I'm with done. it, and much to my dismay, he ran the uh, the old Shannon Knoll flavor, the flavor saver, which <laughs> I've never been a fan what of. What about me? <laughs> I've never been a fan of, of the Nolsey. But he he ran it for a while, and he did okay. But yeah, maybe maybe it's time for Kimbo to bring the fucking stash back. I might I might. Uh, I might plant that seed in his Word head. him up. Word yeah. him up. I um He looked like a he looked like a fucking he looked like Miami Vice with a Moe. With, or with the Mo, with yeah, the I was Mo. gonna say. Straight up. Yeah, was he wearing some some sort of pastel button up shirt? Not so much, but like if he told you he was like an undercover cop, you'd believe it. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. That's it had sick. it had a sense of authority to it. <laughs> Did he have the aviators? Oh, fucking oath he did. Oh, yeah. Fucking oath he did. You know what my dad had? He had like the side windows. Oh. The side windows and then the the little rope that connected yeah. to the oh, back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was nothing if not pragmatic. Up. You know what Straight I mean? Straight up. That's a baller move. People don't realise that sun gets in the sides, man. Exactly. You don't just have front windows in your car. No. <laughs> Got to be prepared for all angles. Absolutely. UV waits for no man. Yeah, he cared, he cared about the UV rating on things as Absolutely, well. Absolutely. I was I like, bet. dude, they're probably lying. This is, you're in a fucking servo. <laughs> I remember when you used to go in, try them on, and if you could see the words written, you're like, oh, these are polarized. polarized. They're good. <laughs> I tell you, polarized glasses are nuts, though. They're you fucked. would know. Because all of the LED stuff now in the screens, you can't see it. It like blocks it out. Oh, really? It's like the head up display in my car that on the windscreen. Can't see it when I've got polarized. Sunny but on. if you look at the ocean, you can see like currents yeah. and it's you can pretty see nuts. In. Yeah. It's I'm very vibey. It. Very I'm very vibey. into it. Oakley actually have a deep water lens for, oh, that, really? for that exact shit. Yes. Dude, I'm a, this is about as close to clean shaven as I get. Mm. And it was a complete accident. That always happens. You go a little bit too close. And you're like, fuck, I've ruined it. No, I had like I quite a beard going and I was like, let's roll, I'll roll this until the weather gets really hot. And then I was like, I get the I get the um the wolf man uh-huh. where he climbs. I can see that you and, and no stranger to that yourself. Oh, virile man. It climbs 
it's trying to get towards my eyes, trying, <laughs> trying to hide me. So I'm always just like, just getting a little bit here and there. Yeah. Take it off. Went too far. Ah. I started looking like I'd done that. Like the Craig David. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I started getting pretty Craig David-y. I was like, what have I done? <laughs> it's the worst when the barber lines you up and you've got oh, that, man. That, that straight line. You're like, okay, you've ruined my face. That's fine. Dude, they draked me, man. They draked me before. Remember I played that? Um, yes, I remember. The reason I said the word draked was because you used it then and I still remember it today. What <laughs> <laughs> was it, my birthday? I was grooving the mood. Yeah. Yeah, that you literally you fucking roll it up. You're like, they draped they me. They draped me. <laughs> Never get like a haircut right before you're doing something because no. I did it the morning. You need like a day or two of regrowth. Hard and they just draped me out so hard. Like it came from like, <laughs> they'd even like yeah. wind up that bit. Yeah. So I had that kind of Dracula-esque yeah. thing gone down i just look fucking puerto rican dude it was nuts <laughs> you're like, like an, an iranian car salesman and there's nothing you can do about it no nothing. because that line even if you shave clean that line is gonna be it's there like still it's like there well look one. this was a fun day thanks for that scott i've uh, got places to be and by places to be i mean i need to piss so um lovely for all of you your support going on. keep listening and um peace out much love to everybody bye Lovegoodpodcast.com. Lovegoodpodcast.com. Lovegoodpodcast.com.